Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. <laughs> Y'all may be seated. So you're just going to sit there. You're serious. You see Jesus out on the water. You see, or you might say, okay, well, that's Jesus. He's, he's all divine. He's the son of God. He's performed miracles before. But then you see your fellow disciple, Peter, out there, and it didn't give you the slightest urge to get out there and do what you saw. Not only Jesus, but one of your fellow disciples do. Yeah. Tell us about you just going to sit there? Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? You just going to sit there. We're going to talk about today the why people stay. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We're talking. <laughs> this say in the atmosphere. I'm not going to tell you to talk to your neighbor. We say, you just going to sit there? A miracle has happened before your eyes. You've had the invitation from the Lord to say, come on. And you really just go sit there. This is a challenge to us today, people of God, that we have to know that when, when God says, come, that you are capable. Anybody note taking? I want you to write, come equals capable. If Jesus had not said it, then it was not capable. But when Jesus gave the green light come, that meant that every impossibility shifted over to possibility. And though Peter made it a personal, if it's you, tell me to come, how many know when God speaks? If you obey his word that he speaks to the crowd, you'll get the benefit of that word. The Lord said, come. And I don't know what your walking on water experience has to be. I don't know what decisions you need to make. But I'm telling you today that the reason that God, you are never met with a word unless it's intended to challenge or to change you. And I'm telling you today that the master says, come. but you're going to have to get out of the boat. They all were exposed. Somebody say exposure. I talked a little bit, out on, a little bit about on the live that I did the other day about exposure equally equals favor. Tell us about it. Exposure equals favor. 
Here's what I mean by that. Out of all the people that could have seen Jesus do what he did, there were only a select few that saw it. They were favored to be exposed. Only Peter and two other disciples saw Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. He didn't take all the disciples. He, he took a select few. Tell somebody they were favored to be exposed. It's not just for the disciples, but look over your life. What have you been favored to be exposed to? Some of us rub shoulders with people that have phenomenal minds, that have phenomenal influence, that have extraordinary abilities, and you have to ask yourself, what is it about me that allowed me to be exposed to it? And what was the purpose of the exposure? You have to understand, if God orders all steps, he order us, orders us in places of exposure. But you can be like Peter, and your response can be, I can do that too. Or you can be like the rest of the disciples and stay seated. Tell somebody, the choice is up to you. I want you to ask yourself, ask yourself, what am I doing with the exposure that I've been given? Some of you have amazing testimonies of where, of where God has taken you and where God has saved you from and the things that the enemy tried to attack you with, but God brought you back. I'm, I'm not talking about everything just in business. I'm just talking about in your personal life. Don't you know that God orders every step? He leads us through the valley of shadow of death. He leads us to mountaintops, and there is a reason that God allowed you to be exposed to certain things. But are you going to allow that exposure to call you out on the water or are you going to cause it to, to shrivel up and stay in the boat and, and cling on to safety? I would submit that the reason God allowed you to be exposed to it is because he wanted to be in the fabric of your character and your spirit so that he can use you as a shining example of yes, that happened to me. Yes, I saw it. Yes, I was exposed to it, but God. He ordered my steps into this into this fire, but look at me, I came out of the fire and I don't smell like smoke. He allowed sickness to attack my body, but look at me. All I got is a scar of, of the, as proof that God is a healer. He allowed me to be born into that family of dysfunction so that I could be a shining example of when you come in contact with the blood of Jesus, all curses, all damnable things that have been done ahead of me have been erased when I have a transfusion of the blood of Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, God, for exposure. That I was exposed to it but I wasn't affected by it. Somebody say exposure. We're going to talk about three things real quickly about the reasons that people stay 
seated as opposed to getting up. The first thing is conditioning. Somebody say conditioning. I'm talking about what you put on your hair. I'm talking about the environment that, that nurtures you. The environment that, that causes you to like what you like and dislike what you dislike. It may be the family that you grew up in. It may be the side of town. It may be the culture that raised you. Somebody say conditioning. Conditioning ends up creating a programming kind of profile in you. That you don't know why, I just don't like doing that. I don't know why I do that. It's just the way I was raised. I don't like this, so, so therefore anything that is different, anything that is new, anything that changes my norms of what I'm used to, I want you to listen very clearly. Anything that challenges the things that I'm used to, anything that don't look like what my mama did and one thing to you, it is most likely going to come in a different package of what you're used to. The Bible tells us to be careful how we entertain people because it may be an angel unaware. God is not going to wrap himself up and say, I am the Lord God, the healer thee. He's not going to step through space and time with a, with a glowing gown. Sometimes God comes through a little child that speaks to you. Sometimes God will show up in something crazy. Sometimes God, God will show up in a ranked sinner. He'll take over their mouth and they'll speak something to you and it'll be prolific and it'll hit your spirit. And then they'll go right back to cussing, drinking, whatever. But God, if we are so pre-programmed and that we're so conditioned by what we're used to, God, I know you can only move like this. I, God, I know you can only speak through these people. I know that God is, you know, I, God, I know your pattern, God. I know, and if the song don't sound like this, if it, ain't, if it ain't in the right key, and if it's not in the right style, that the preacher ain't preaching, and if he ain't got an organ tuning up, I can't receive it. You could be possibly missing out on your next step and your next move, your next dimension, all because we are prejudiced, we are prejudging, The person who's delivering the mail, the one who's giving the message, we are prejudging that I can only receive this, that I can only receive that. That you know, um, you know, I don't, I don't like eating okra. It doesn't mean that okra won't give you any, any, any nutritional benefit. Is that your palate, your, 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 your taste buds are, 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 are conditioned for something else? Look, I need salt. No, you don't need the salt. You want the salt. Has no nutritional value. And so many times we can only receive and we will subdivide and we will dilute and we will pick apart and we will throw all the things out. Well, I'm still eating. Yeah, but anybody, you know, you know, people say, I, I, like, I like my vegetables dead and limp. Well, you just cooked all the nutritional value out of it. And sometimes that's how we can do with the Word of God. That's how we can do when God is trying to, try, trying to shape us and trying to mold us. We send it through the filter of our prism. And about the time we can digest it, oh yeah, I like that. That makes me feel good. It's not benefiting you because one, you had mixed it with faith. And two, you diluted it so down to your level. We are pre-programmed. The rest of those disciples, they were pre-programmed. Nobody can walk on water. Only Jesus can do that. 
Holy Jesus, I'm just a mere man. I can't do that. I've never been challenged. This is a new paradigm. This is a new way of thinking. And in this season, I want you to know that God is going to be challenging you with new thoughts and new concepts and new ideas and new ways to do things. God said, God said I behold, I'm going to do something new. Not only something new to you, I want to do something new through you. I want to do, do, do new things around you. But if your mind is not open to the new, if your mind is not open to the new way, I want to use you. Well, God, you've always used me like this. You've always used me as a teacher. God said, May I, maybe I want you to be a little more evangelistic. Maybe I want you to be a preacher. Maybe I want you to, to, to study other things, other dimensions of me. Maybe, God, I, I've always uh, dwelt on the grace of you. Well, maybe God, wants to, maybe God wants you to deal on other dimensions of him. We are so busy strengthening our strengths that we, wanna, we don't want to work on our weaknesses. But God is challenging us with new ways of thought, new ways to do things. And if we close our mind that this is not possible because I've never seen it done, we will miss out on moments to walk on water. So I want you to ask yourself, what has nurtured my expectations? When you wake up and you read the Word, what has nurtured, what has, what has brought you to the conclusion that you can or you can't have something? Is it the fact that you did it before and you failed? Yeah. Is, it, was, is it the fact that, that, that the person that you had your faith in, they said, you can't do that? I'd be careful. I don't, don't try nothing strange. You know, people will project their, their own fear on you because I'm scared. It sounds like concern, but they're projecting their fear on you. But tell somebody, you must get out of the boat. You must get out of that boat, y'all. The other thing, the reason that people stay seated is that they're simply tired. Somebody say, I'm tired. Those disciples were rowing all they didn't have an engine you could crank up. They were laboring to get out of that water. Could it be possible? Man, I'm too tired. We out here fooling with Jesus trying to walk on some water. Tell somebody I'm tired. What reason that people fail to step out, in, out of the boat and walk on water is because they have already sized everything up and they've made a conclusion within themselves. I just ain't got enough strength to try again. I'm tired. Let me tell you something. If the devil can't take you out, he'll wear you out. He knows that there's a blood covering around you. But he's saying, if I could just wear you out, it doesn't matter whether you're here or not. So I'll take you out via proxy other people. 
I'll take you out via you trying to be the Moses and trying to be a deliverer of everybody around you. And you care about people so much that you, you, you start thinking that you're Jesus. You start thinking that you're God. That if I'm not there, if I'm not there to catch them, if I'm not there to talk to them, if I'm not there to answer the phone in the midnight hour when they've been in the club all night and when they've been doing that, if I'm not there, then they're going to be lost. Let me tell you something, honey. If they need you, if you are the only one that is standing between them and perdition, if you are the only one that's standing between them and hell, they're already lost. Newsflash, you are not God. Newsflash, you didn't down a cross for anybody. You didn't shed no blood. I don't see no nail prints in your hand, no a hole in your side. You cannot save anybody. And the devil will use the people who are closest to us. The, the, the devil will pull on your heartstrings and he will wear you out. And then the moment where we meet God, he said, come out, we're too tired. We're too tired to walk out for ourselves because we've been so busy walking for other people. Am I saying don't care about your family? No, I am not. What you do, you give them the word of God. You give them the truth. They can accept it or reject it. And if not, you do like Paul do, shake the dust off your feet. And you travel alone to somebody else who wants some advice. Anybody ever seen, seen people on the news? Well, animal control had to come and come and get it because people had 50 and 90 cats and dogs picking up every stray. They, they started from a good place in their heart, but after a while, they ran out of capacity. And so the very thing that they said they were trying to do a good thing out of their heart, they end up harming the animals in the end because they ran out of somebody's capacity. You have so much capacity in your heart, in your mind, and in your spirit. And if you don't dedicate what is the portion unto God, it's not just about giving God the first of your money. It's to give God the first of your energy. It's about giving God the first of your mind. It's about giving God the first of your spirit and your meditation. And when we give it to other people, we set ourselves up to be tired. And then when Jesus meets us out on the water, Jesus, I can't come. I ain't got no energy left. I've been going, I've been, I've been being a bridge for other people to walk on my back. I've been saving people. I've been, I've been a trampoline so people can bounce on and get onto the over the wall. I've been a cushion so people can fall. You better stop trying to save everybody. You're not the dog catcher. You're not the humane society. Am I, saying, I'm, am I saying close the door and don't, don't answer one? No, I am. What you do, you give them truth and say, follow me as I follow Christ. But if you don't want to change, stop calling me. I'm going to block your number because you don't want nothing. You just want some free counseling. I want that to... Like country ain't say, I want you to resonate the, the simmer in your spirit. I want that to marinate in your spirit for a little bit. And when you close the door on people and you close relationships and you and you put limits, somebody say limits. Parameters are good. Yeah, people disturbing your prayer time and 
supposed to be meditating on the Lord and you and you weighed down with birds. You need somebody to pray they stuff off you before you can pray for yourself. These are the things that are keeping us from walking. They got our wood, but I'm just tired. Anybody ever just been tired? I mean, you ain't been tired till you've been tired in your spirit. I mean, my energy is fine. My B12 levels are looking good. My vitamin D3 levels are looking good. But my spirit, anybody ever been tired in your spirit? But the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. Tell somebody beside you, guard your heart. I'm not saying, you know, have one eye open looking at people like, you, you, you the devil? But what I'm saying is, you know the people who are draining you. Come on now. You know the people who are draining you. You know the people who are, who are sending you on wild goose chases. You know the one that got you chasing waterfalls and unicorns. And then you tired, and then all of a sudden you don't hear back from them. I said, it is a tactic of the enemy. That if I can't take you out, I will wear you out. But if you're going to be a water walker, how many people are going to determine you're going to be a water walker? If you're going to be a water walker, you're going to have to tune out the noise. One of the greatest things I ever came up with was noise-canceling headphones. Did it literally, the technology, it has a microphone on the outside, of it and it replicates the noise and it, it, it creates a shield where you don't hear anything outside of it. You only hear what you're intended to hear. We need to create noise canceling for our spirits. <coughs> Tune things out to keep, keep your spirit pure. Amen. And let us not be weary in our well doing. For in due season you will reap Look at this. Only if you don't faint. If you don't pass out from it. So let me, let me, let me, let me translate just a little bit. He said it reaping, meaning it's, he did it in an agricultural context. Farming is hard. Tilling the ground is hard. Being out there while the sun is beating and sowing seeds is hard. And one of the hardest things is harvesting. Because that's after the thing is grown. So we got to pluck it off. We got to peel it off. Sometimes you might have to suck it and twist it and do it. You, and, and put it in the bag and keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. And swatting off bugs and, and, and watching out for snakes. It is hard. Tell somebody, it's hard. But I want you to know. You can't get weary in gathering what you prayed for. We sowed seeds for harvest. We prayed for rain for harvest. And how dare we get tired when we're living in what we prayed for. I'm going to say that again. How dare you get tired? How dare you smack God in the face? And you got the nerve to get tired? 
He's saying, don't get weary in your doing well. Don't get weary in forgiving people. Don't get weary in sowing seeds into others and not seeing a return yet. Just know that you're sowing seeds for a future time. Don't get weary in your doing well. How many you know that doing well will wear you out? Moving in integrity will wear you out. Well, you want to cuss them out, but you hold your peace, it will wear you out. Because how I many you know that flesh, they train it right there. Your flesh will tell you blood was shed for your forgiveness. Just go ahead and do it right quick. <laughs> maybe that's you, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just me. Get back at them. Strike at them. Let them know you ain't no punk. Let them know they ain't going to walk over you. Let them know you ain't easy. God will tell you. Hold your peace. Vengeance is mine. <laughs> they didn't offend you. They offended me. They didn't talk about you. They talked about me. They didn't scandalize you. They scandalized me via you. You're just a representation of me. And the devil in them doesn't like it. So you have to know that you cannot let people, places, and things make you tired. The last thing I want to share with you. It's out of Revelations, the third chapter. Anybody get anything out of this today? Tell somebody, you just going to sit there. <laughs> really? You just going to sit there? Revelation, the third chapter, 15th verse. It says this. It says, I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot, but I would rather you be cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, somebody say lukewarm. And are neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because, look at this, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and I have, what he's saying is, you're saying that I got it all together, but deep in your heart, you know that you are wretched, and you know that you are miserable, and you know that you are poor, blind, and naked. What he's saying is, you faking the funk. You're saying to people, I got it all together. You're saying, I'm, I'm blessed and highly fed. You say all the right things, but you know deep within your heart that you have need to do more. The last thing I want to share with you, the thing that keeps people in the boat. And many people talk about this scripture right here, being hot or cold, lukewarm in the terms of their holiness walk. And that, that, that's fair interpretation. But I want to expand that to talk about your level of passion toward God has called you to do. Tell somebody, he would rather you be hot or cold. He'd rather you be hot or cold. He'd rather you just say, God, I ain't going to do this, or God, I'm all the way in on this. He said, because if you're lukewarm, if you're indifferent, 
If you act like it don't matter, some days I want to do it, some days I won't, don't want to do it. Some days I don't want to do this, days I'm happy with. God said, I would rather you say I'm in or I'm out. What am I saying? I'm going to wrap it up in one word. It's a word called apathy. Somebody say apathy. It's a spirit of apathy. Apathy is having indifference. We've all been there before. When you get tired, you know, you was excited about the job when you first started. Not the while when things aren't going the way you want it to. The worst time of the week is Sunday night. Anybody ever been there? Because you're thinking about, oh, Lord, got to go to this job in the morning. So I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do the basics. I'm going to stay under the radar. Anybody, these terms, people, have you heard this before? You may have used them before. I'm staying out of it. I'm going to do just what they told me to do, and I'm going to go home. Come on, come on. I know it ain't just me. It's because you've, you've lost your passion. And the thing that you pray, you call people and say, I need you to pray. I got an interview. You, you fasted. You prayed. You walked, by, you walked around the building seven times. You pointed towards it. You threw, you, threw, uh, threw, you threw oil on the threshold. You did all kind of stuff to get in that place. And all of a sudden, you don't care no more. Anybody ever been there? I could step both my hands and my feet if I wouldn't fall down. <laughs> that you've developed a spirit of indifference. Somebody say indifference. indifference. Apathy is the absence of enthusiasm, hope, emotion, and initiative. The three things I want to share with you is that apathy comes through different ways. It comes through satisfaction. Because how many know we, we, we can compare? I used to be this bad. Like the children of Israel, I used to be in Egypt. But I'm satisfied that I'm just free. When God called you to go to Canaan. Somebody say apathy. We say, well, at least it ain't bad as it was. But to go as far as I need to go looks like too much hard work. Well, this is okay. This, this is good. I can live with this. God said, I didn't call you to stop here. I called you to go to a place where milk or honey. My word is not fulfilled until you get to the place of promise. And satisfaction. I'm not saying to be ungrateful. We're always grateful for what God has brought us, but you have to know that where you are is not your destination. It may be a plot point on the map, but it's not your destination. So we have to get dissatisfied with satisfaction. You know within yourself if you're in the place that God promised you. But because we are scared, we are tired, and we have a spirit of apathy, we don't want to go any further, we'll start saying, you know what? Well, you know, God didn't say, well, maybe it's for my children to do. And you know, God, you know what? You didn't, you know, uh, uh, you know, you were doing this, and we're trying to help God out and create, you know what? 
we'll try to shape it. Okay, God, this is what you were doing. And when I went here, no. Now, when you get to your place of promise, you're going to know it. And if you're not there yet, that means you got more work to do. That means you got more walking to do. That means you got more challenges. But we will say, this is enough. This is as far as I want to go. We'll hang it up. We'll get a certain age. Or we'll get at a certain stage. It's not that I'm not capable. You're not, you're not tired. I just don't want to anymore. Somebody say apathy. apathy. The second thing is this. Disappointment. Somebody say disappointment. How many know that hope deferred will make your heart sick? You keep thinking it's going to happen. You keep thinking that this is the one. You keep thinking that this is the one. This is it. This is, you get inside. God, this is the one you do. And the door slams in your face. Disappointment will give you a spirit of apathy. You know why? It hurts to care. It hurts to care. So if I don't care, it won't hurt. It hurts to care. I'm going to tell you this. It's a little quote I had. It says this. It says, apathy is the anesthetic of the disappointed heart. If I just act like I don't care, I can't be hurt by it. It's an anesthetic. It will numb me to the pain. Some of you have been hurt by disappointment. Some of you have been hurt by, I thought it was going to be. And you put your hope and you put your trust in people. And you say, you know what? Rather than hope again and be hurt again, I just won't care as much. I'll turn the volume down of my passion because whenever we love, whenever we're passionate, we make ourselves vulnerable to being hurt. We're making ourselves vulnerable to be disappointed. We're making ourselves vulnerable to be wounded. And rather to be hurt again... I'll never hope again. So God said, I want you to lose that spirit of apathy. Everybody standing to your feet. I want to challenge you with this, people of God. I want to challenge you with this. The greatest thing that God has called you to do is the one thing that you have failed to care about. What is the thing that you turned the volume of your concern about down? I'm glad you're quiet in the room. What is the thing that you stopped caring about? These are the reasons that people stay. But I want you right now to say, God, I want to care again. You've lost your passion because a couple of people disappointed you. You lost your reason for being. And you're living another existence other than what God called you to do all because of a little bit of pain. But Paul said we we need to endure hardness as a good soldier. Because the only way we're going to show forth that God is real and God is for us. Last thing I want to share with you. As we're holding hands.
Tell the person beside you. Tell them, neighbor. neighbor. Apathy, Apathy. Is, a thief. is a thief. It's a thief. Here's what it robs you of. It robs you of passion. It robs you of ingenuity. You're not thinking of ways you can, you, you can, you're not thinking outside the box because apathy has stolen your passion to make something better. How many of you know that we are problem solvers? Uh, it robs you of time. Somebody say time. You're so busy thinking, trying to, trying to avoid situations that's going to get you hurt that it's robbing you of time. There are things that you are supposed to have already done. There are places you should have already uh, 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 reached. There are, there are people you should have already ministered to. There are things you should have already done. There are businesses you should have already started. There are books you should have already written. But apathy is robbing you of time. And apathy will turn around and say, look, you're too old now. Look, your, your time and your season has passed. But I hear the Lord saying, I will restore unto you the years that the caker worm and the palmer worm have eaten and we have let apprehension we have let fear of failure we have let fear of being wounded again we have let fear of being disappointed rob us of moments but Jesus wants us to walk on water it will rob you of opportunity it will rob you of relationships but most of all people of God robs you of you. Because the true you is the you that's walking out what God called you to do. The true you, the true you is walking in your anointing. The true you is making impact. The true you is being a vessel that God is using to pour out. That's the true you. That's the you that he formed in your mother's womb. That's the you that, that, that's the you that he called from the foundation of the earth. That's the you that he snatched out of the pit of hell. That's the you that he snatched and he cleaned you up and he made you fit and he made you a fit for God to use. Tell somebody that's the true you. And apathy is stealing you from you and you will never reach your full potential unless you get rid of that spirit of I just don't care and can I tell you that if God, if God is doing, to us, to, doing it to us individually he wants to do it to us corporately there is more that God has called us to do but we can't have a, sat, a spirit of satisfaction. Oh, look how good we're doing, but we're not there yet. Oh, look at what God has done. Look how God has resurrected us from the phoenix like a phoenix and we're, we're rising. But there is more to do. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. That sounds good and religious. And we should be grateful, but that's not a reason to build a foundation and to stay there. The children of Israel, when they were going through the wilderness, they, they had tents. They didn't build foundations because they were not yet there yet. Squeeze that neighbor's hands and tell them you're not there yet. 
You're a long way from where you started, but you're not there yet. That means there are more miles to travel. There are more valleys to go through. There are more mountains to climb. There are more enemies to fight. There is more territory to take over. You, you may get nicked. You may be in battles. You may, you, you, may, you may face fierce enemies. There may be more lions in. You may have to go through. There may be more fiery furnaces. But I'm telling you, you're on your way somewhere. And tell them you're not there yet. You're not there yet. Don't get satisfied. Don't get weary. Don't get tired because we're not there yet. We're just about there. You don't know. It, it may be the next step. It may be the next trial. It may be the next enemy you face. It may be the next giant. But I'm telling you, if you put one step in front of the next, if you put one step in front of the next, if you keep moving, if you keep praying, if you keep confessing, you will get to the place of promise. but it's not going to be in the boat. Right now for the next 30 seconds, can we just begin to just sit there? Come on, come on, let them audibly hear you praying. Yes, God, we thank you. Come on, come on. Come on, we stir up a, a dissatisfaction in your spirit right now. You just going to sit there? He said, I called you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You are my handiwork. I created you from the foundation of the earth. I put my spirit in you. I've called you to do exploits. I've empowered you with the Holy Spirit, the spirit that knows all, that sees all, that, that has never failed, that has never lost, and you're just going to sit there. That's what you're going to do with my blood. That's what you're going to do with my redemption. That's what you're going to do with my Holy Spirit that can do anything, that can do anything but fail, and you're just going to sit there. The word has come to remind us today that you can do all things through Christ that strengthen you. With man and his empire, but with God, all things are possible. And you're just going to sit there with all that favor. You're just going to sit there with all that glory trapped in your belly. You're just going to sit there with the word and the anointing and the all that I've placed in your spirit. You're just going to sit there and waste my sacrifice. God said, I, there is more that I am requiring of you. There is more that I'm requiring of you. I've called deep calls unto deep. I've called you out into deep places. Lord, take us to deep, deep places where all we can do is trust you. Lord, take us to deep places. Lord, take us to deep places. Take us far, take us far from the peaceful shore, God. Take us, oh, take us away from the, from the shallow, God. Take us out in the deep. Somebody pray in this room. He called you to be more. You ain't what you used to be, but you're not there yet. You're not there yet. If you're breathing, that means there's more. If you're still here, means that means there's more. You survived and other people didn't make it, but that means there's more. There is more. There is more. There is more. There is more, and it's not in the safety of the boat. Don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Don't just have a spirit of apathy. Don't just have a spirit of I don't care. Don't have a spirit. Don't smack God in his face out of all he's done for you, out of all he's let you be exposed to, out of all he's let you see, out of all he's let you experience. Don't you dare just sit there. There's too much in you to sit there. 
you've been through too much just to sit there. He's rescued you time after time. That's too much of you. Your testimony just for you to sit there. I'm going to put it in neutral and I'm just going to go on the glory. The devil is a liar. There is so much more inside of you. There is so much more that the world needs to hear. There is so much more that the man on the corner and the woman on the street. There is so much more. Don't you let a spirit of apathy wrap your heart and get satisfied and you put it in neutral I bind up that spirit of apathy I bind up that spirit that wants to sit and just watch the ships come sailing in and sailing out you will do exploits you will accomplish you will start that business you will start that foundation you will write that book you will God, I pray that you disturb your people. Stir us up. As an eagle stirs up the nest, God. Stir us up. Make us uncomfortable in our place of apathy. Make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable. That we will no longer settle. That we will no longer sit in a seat of apathy. Lord, we've heard you say come. And it may be, it may be the scariest thing that we've ever done in our lives. But nevertheless, we hear you saying come. So we won't be like the other disciples. We won't be like doubting Thomas. We won't be like the other ones that are jockeying for a position, God. But we'll be like Peter, God. And we'll step out on the water, God. We're no longer going to sit there. There are people with gifts and talents and callings under the sound of my voice. And the Lord saying, that's the reason I've sent situations to frustrate me. You thought the response to frustration was to throw up your hands. To walk away. Maybe if I move to another city, God said, it will follow you wherever you go. Because I will get the harvest of the seed that I put in you. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Woo! Paul said, if I make my bed in hell, God, I cannot escape you because you're there. God said, I will get my harvest out of you. One way or another. If you run like Jonah, I'll cause a fish to come get you. But I will get out of you what I planted in you. Somebody turn that hand loose and say, yes, God. Come on, come on, come on. Just give him a yes. Give him a yes. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, come on. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you 
Christ through our website, fellowshipws.org or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 1030 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.